Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com slash Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we've got a special guest on, Colleen Quigley, Steeple Squigs on Instagram. She is a Bowerman babe who specializes in the steeplechase and dabbles in the 1500 a little bit too, and honestly any of the distance events. And she came on today and we talk a lot about injuries, swimming, because we've been swimming together in the Willamette River in Portland. And we also dive into kind of like the mental aspect of running and how to get over mental blocks and what she's done to kind of improve her mentality over the years and much more. Honestly, just a bunch of fun stuff. So stay tuned to listen to today's episode, which is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating oil easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Meal plans include paleo, plant-powered, keto, and balanced living. If you guys have listened to my past episodes, you know that I usually choose the balanced living just because it fits my lifestyle best, but sometimes I choose between like the plant-powered if I'm feeling a little bit more, you know, veggie vibes. (laughs) What I love about Green Chef is that it makes cooking easy. They do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week, so you don't have to go to great lengths to come up with like super good recipes. All the sauces and dressings and spices are pre-measured, so it comes with a lot of flavor in the meals, which I love. It makes it, honestly, a lot more satisfying. Like, my dinners are usually pretty bland, so it's nice to be able to have recipes where everything is given to me, and all I have to do is follow the instructions, and it turns out to be, like, a delicious, super flavorful meal, so I love that. Green Chef is also the most sustainable meal kit. It offsets 100% of its direct carbon emissions in plastic packaging in every single box. So you can feel good about the food and how it's delivered to you as well. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from. So there's something different for everyone. And I like to switch between the brands depending on what I'm feeling for the month. If you're interested in trying out Green Chef, use code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew80 to redeem and for more details. That is code COLDBREW80 to get $80 off your first month plus free shipping on your first box. Just head to greenchef.com slash coldbrew80 to redeem. All right, Colleen, welcome to the podcast. This was not a long time coming, but I knew it was going to happen. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. First, I'm sure everyone already knows who you are. Like, if they follow my stuff, I'm sure they follow you as well. But for those who maybe... (laughs) <laughs> who maybe don't know who you are can I, can you like tell us a little bit about yourself what you're about what's what's new <laughs> sure I'll give you the quick rundown um steeple squigs I am a 2016 Olympian in the steeplechase I also run the 1500 and as of the summer the 5k and the 800 come <laughs> But I specialized in the steeplechase and um, was shooting for, um, you know, the Olympics this summer in 2020. But now I am shooting for the Olympics next summer in 2021 for Team USA, again, in the steeplechase. 
Um, got a few different things going on on the side. I like to stay busy. Um, I have a fun hashtag on Instagram called Fast Braid Friday, where I post every Friday. Uh, I don't know what day of the week this episode is going to come out on, but I post every Friday. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. <laughs> well, then you think yeah, everybody get excited for tomorrow because um, tomorrow's Fast Braid Friday. And I just post about, you know, how when I braid my hair, you know, something as simple as hair can can make you feel more confident and more put together and just ready to take on a challenge. It makes you feel fast. So that's where the Fast Braid Friday comes in. And it can be any braid style that you like. Um, I do different braid styles all the time. So it's not just like one lucky style. It's just anything that makes me feel good and makes me feel confident and fast. Um, so I love that community that's kind of popped up through braids. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just always have lots of fun stuff going on. I'm always posting about like different, um, I do like Pilates and yoga and I post like workout videos and maybe even like running workouts. And then my other special hobby is similar to you, Emma, actually is food and cooking. So my alter ego is hashtag chef Colleen. And I do (laughs) like recipes and um, cooking videos on my page too. So lots of fun things going on. Yeah, you are a very busy woman, I will say. You also are probably the most active woman I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) How do you do it? Like, I swear you work out. You probably work out for like at least four hours a day, I feel like. (laughs) I do stay busy. I do a lot of cross training. So I only run like... I max out at like 75 miles. I've tried to do 80 a few times and just each time I do 80 miles a week, I just get injured. So I just gave up on, (laughs) gave up on it. (laughs) I really max out at like 70, 75 uh, miles a week when I'm doing my like biggest mileage in the summer. Um, Or I guess sometimes in the fall I do around there too. But you know, my teammates are doing, uh, my Bowerman Track Club teammates are doing much more than that usually. So I kind of, make up the difference with cross training, which, you know, like you're doing for your triathlon, I'm doing the same type of types of, of training, but I'm not gonna, well, not yet, at least going to compete, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna compete in a triathlon, but I do lots of biking and swimming on top of my running. And yeah, like, like I said, Pilates, um, hitting the gym, yoga sometimes. I like it's crazy how it's just like a, like a little five mile gap. You know, like between mm-hmm. seventy five and eighty, it's like eighty. You know, oh, is too yeah. much. It's it's like, how how miles. it's like a bunch of trial and error to find that yeah. that fine line between yeah. great and an injury. True, and I I will say that my freshman year, or sorry, my freshman year, my first year as a pro, my freshman year as a professional, um, that that um threshold was more like sixty five miles before I would get injured. And I did get injured a bunch that year. Um, and so I just like capped it out at like 60, 65. And then the next summer I was able to hit 70 and stay healthy. And the next summer was more like 75. So I have, I have inched up there, but, um, for now I'm maxing out there and it is a tricky balance. I think a lot, like a lot of people are just trying to figure that out. How much can I run before I get injured? Um, and I think for me, it's just been a slow build since like high school. So in high school, I ran like 25, 30, maybe by senior year, I was running like 35 miles a week. 
So yeah, that's pretty moderate amount. Yeah. And then it just I, that just shows how consistent you have to be with running and how long it takes, kind of like to get that progression. It's just all about patience. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of high school people or, or kids now who are running like 60, 65, 70 miles a week and they're asking for like advice or like workouts and stuff. And I'm like, you can't do the workouts that I'm doing now when you're 16. Like that's <laughs> not reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I think you want to say that for maybe later in your, in your life. It's crazy how some people train nowadays. Yeah. Just, it's just so much different than my high school training was. I, I feel like it has to do with social media, though, a lot of it. Yeah. I've talked about this with a couple other yeah, people on the podcast, but it's like, it's just crazy because everyone's a lot more open about their training now because they can be because yeah. information is just so widespread. So yeah. I think it really does up the like younger generation, but it'll be interesting to see how it kind of like plays out in terms of longevity. Yeah, it's so easy to compare yourself to what someone like if you're in California it's so easy to compare yourself to what someone in New York is doing for training um whereas when I was in high school like I had no flipping clue what anyone else was doing for workouts I didn't even barely know what they were doing for races I would just kind of like show up and just like you know just run hard or whatever like race people but now I feel like you have so much information so it's so much easier to like second guess what they're doing or you know be asking their coach about should I be doing this I heard so-and-so was like doing this 10 mile tempo like should we be doing that and it's like no just block (laughs) sometimes it's just detrimental just block it out and listen to your coach and do your own thing um yeah you're like I mean you're pretty prevalent on social media I'd say I say we both are um do you wish that you kind of had like social media when you were growing up because honestly Mm -hmm. I didn't I'm like a couple years younger than you and I still really didn't have very much social media what are your thoughts on that I yeah I didn't even have a cell phone until freshman year of high school and then I mean even then it was like a flip phone like we you know I don't know we just like didn't really have access to all that information and I like I said I think that was for the best like I think I was able to do my own thing better because I didn't have all that it's just like it can be a big distraction um and maybe I'm saying that because I have I just watched uh on Netflix uh we have a group thread with the BTC babes and someone the other day I think it was Vanessa or Shelby was like you guys have to watch this this um like documentary thing on Netflix I think it's called like the social dilemma or something um but it's all about social media and how it's like horrible (laughs) and I'm like oh no so true though a lot of it is just we're like well yeah I do that yep I'm guilty of that you know (laughs) and I think the like the younger that you are with that you get um kind of sucked into that when you're developing and you're trying to figure out who you are and figure out what you care about and just like you know you're figuring out the world it would be a lot harder now to do it um with social media I think than it was when when I was in high school not that yeah my high school experience was easy by any means but I think it would be even harder. it's just different it's just a different generation yeah <laughs> I'm feeling old now I know I'm feeling so old Ugh. <laughs> um yeah, it's just I feel like it's just a lot of comparison. It's yeah. and everyone only shows their like highlights most of the time. Oh, so preach. I always am I'm always an advocate for like logging off, though I a lot of the time don't take my own advice. Like I feel like I'm on my phone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But just like knowing that social media is usually a highlight reel is something that you really should always keep in the back of your head yeah. as much as you can. 
Yeah, I talk. Um, I do like some talks with high school and and college kids sometimes, like teams. Um, and I always emphasize that that it's when you look at someone's kind of like social media feed or whatever, you just see the highs. Um, especially when it comes to injury, I've noticed that people just don't want to share their injury stuff. Mm-hmm. Like someone gets injured and they just disappear for like a month. And you're like, oh, like, haven't heard from so-and-so. And then all of a sudden, like, they'll – or maybe they'll throw, like, throw up some, like, um, Throwback Thursday, you know, stuff. Or, like, it's all throwback pictures. And you're like, oh, like, whatever. And then, like, a month later, they're like, oh, my gosh, I had this horrible injury. I made it through tougher than I was before and da-da-da-da-da. And you're just like, wait, what the hell? Like, that's not cool. You just disappeared and waited until you were better like that's not brave at all to wait till you're, you know, healed to be like, oh, I went through this challenge and I like made it through on the other side. Um, so I always try to sh- like during when it's actually happening, when you're actually in a low, when you're actually suffering and questioning everything and just feeling like crap and maybe feeling sorry for yourself or um, just struggling with whatever it is. Usually for me, it's injury. Um, I just try and be open about it. Like, Hey, dealing with an injury right now. Like I was injured last summer before worlds and I was feeling super, um, just like a lot of pressure about training for the world championships and then having had this injury. And so I just posted about it. It's like, Hey, I haven't run in a few days and my hip's really bad and I'm kind of worried about it. I'm getting in the pool. I'm going to go see my PT in Arizona, but like, you know, not super great over in my camp right now. And it felt like a relief to post that and have people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm dealing with an injury too. Like random people. I don't know, obviously, but it's like, Oh, I'm dealing with injury too. And I had this race coming up and I'm really worried about it or bummed about it. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Colleen, you are not the only freaking person in this world who's dealing with an injury right now. And who's dealing with like this disappointment. So a, it's like this two two prong thing where you, at first you have this feeling of relief, like I don't have to hide and I don't have to be ashamed and I can just like put it out there and that's a relief to like get it off your chest. And then this the second part is like, whoa, now that I have it off my chest, I realize that there's all these other people dealing with it too. And then you get that sense of community and you get like the support from people once you are able to be honest about it. Um so anyway, kind of rabbit hole, but I just feel like the ups and downs are real. And when you see, see someone who looks like it's all up, up, up all the time, that is fake AF and you got to read <laughs> the lines because everyone has ups and downs. And I think no matter who you are, just being open about that um, is going to help you be more relaxed about it. So you don't have to feel like you're perfect all the time. But then other people, I think, really appreciate that they can relate to you in that way and be like, oh, yeah, we can connect on that because I'm also not perfect. I'm also human and we can find like common ground there, um, which is always exactly cool experience. Yeah. And I feel like people, I mean, they really look up to you because you do that because there aren't that many people that are open. Like you said, like a lot of people just go into hiding when they're injured. Like no one wants, no one wants to, I don't know. I don't know if people want to be criticized. Like, I don't know why people go into hiding. I guess, I mean, when part of your life is kind of like taken away from you, I feel like it just, I think it's kind of puts people. For sure. It's definitely a scary, you feel vulnerable and you feel weak. Like you feel 
like you did something wrong, like, you know, you feel like it's your fault, you feel like ashamed sometimes. Um, But I think all that is so normal. So just to like, address it and kind of be open about it um, helps the healing process and helps you like deal with it better. And just helps you be more like, rational then because oftentimes when we're injured or going through hard times we're just emotional and it's hard to make rational decisions about what you should do um you know if you're hurting and you shouldn't go for a run but you're stressed out about hurting and then you're like I gotta go for a run and you're doing the opposite thing of what your body needs um but you can come at it from like a more calm rational place you can you know actually make good decisions that are gonna push you forward instead of set you back yeah, a hundred percent. And just like kind of realizing that everyone gets injured yeah. most of the time. Like I have yet to meet a runner yeah. that has never been injured. Yep. Like there's some people, yes, that are less injury prone than others, but at the end of the day, like everyone gets injured usually at least one time right. in their running career. Right. So I think just kind of like normalizing that it is a part of life, unfortunately. Right. Um is kind of I mean, that. I just love that you do that on the internet. Like you're pretty open about it just because I think it really helps a lot of people realize that like even the people at the best level, even Olympians get injured and they struggle through injury and they come out the other side too. Like it's all about just being patient and getting stronger in other ways during your injury that it's just really important. And just realizing that it's temporary and you'll get through it. Like I, it's just, it's very helpful. I think to people to like publicize that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I have had nothing but positive experiences with, um, being honest and open about injury. So I always tell people like, no matter who you are, just, you know, just be honest about it. It's going to make you feel better. Like do it for selfish reasons. It's going to help you deal with it better. But then, you know, on the flip side, it also is going to help definitely going to help someone else. Someone else is going to see that and you're going to help them deal with their issues too. So. Exactly. And so (laughs) this is kind of on the same subject. So you like to call yourself mermaid or a mermaid <laughs> yeah. or what it like what, what yeah so i did you get into swimming because of injury or how did you get how did you start swimming yeah and I becoming have, a mermaid emma and i have been river mermaids together a few times now which is <laughs> lovely <laughs> which is mixed mixed feelings <laughs> i swam by the way after i left portland so emma and i did a couple of river swims together when I was in Portland and then in, um, in August. And then in September I left and went to Bend to do some training in Bend, Oregon. And I found a big outdoor pool, um, in Bend. Oh, jealous. I know I hadn't swam in a pool since like July, I think. And so was- I'm swimming in one tomorrow. Cause I'm back in California right um, now. I'm so excited. Like I've never been so excited to go, in- to go swim in the pool. When was the last time that you've been in a pool? Oh, it it has to, I don't know, maybe, I did one aqua jogging session at the beginning of the year, so maybe, like, February, but yeah. that wasn't even swimming. Like, actually swimming, it has to be at least a year, more um, than that, for sure. That's gonna be, like, that's gonna be life-changing for you. You're gonna be so happy. <laughs> I, I am going to be gonna happy be for my 45-minute swim. Cool. It's gonna be amazing. You're going to be able to see yeah. hands going through the water. It won't be brown, murky, 
nastiness. <laughs> and when you get out, your swimsuit will not be brown. It will be whatever color it was when you got in the pool. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that, like, because I brought my brown swimsuit with what? from, I mean, it's not actually brown. It's green, but it turned brown from the river. So I'm hoping that the chlorine will make it normal colored again. But, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean it. I, I have a buddy over at Nike Swim. I'll have to hook you up with some new Nike suits. Yeah, I know. I'm. I only have one, and it's turned brown. So I'm definitely on the hunt for a new one. The brown one, and get you a new one. (laughs) Yeah, the brown one's disgusting. Normally, people want to clean their suit after they get out of chlorine. No, I'm cleaning my suit getting into the pool. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, anyways, how did you get into swimming? This is a complete tangent. (laughs) Um. So I started swimming in 2015 when I got really injured. Um after the season so I graduated college in 2015 made the USA team for worlds that summer in Beijing went and competed um I did a couple more races before then and then you know went to went to China and competed for for team USA and finished I think it was 12th that summer made it to the final like did decently well for my first summer as a pro and then uh, but I was like literally like barely holding on that summer. I had this really bad hamstring injury and like some plantar fasciitis. I just was all banged up from a long season because I went through, you know, cross country in the fall and then indoor track in the winter, outdoor track in the spring. Then I made the team and I was like, woo, I made the team. And then I was like, oh God, my season just got extended by another six weeks. Like, oh God. <laughs> so I was like taking um, an anti-inflammatory to try and like get through that and everything. But then that fall, I just had to pay the price for having pushed my body too far and like running through these nagging injuries for too long. And so I had to take a bunch of time off and I was going crazy and I didn't know how to swim. I never, I knew how to swim to like not drown, but I didn't know how to do strokes and I would get in the pool and like Shalane would sometimes get in the pool too. Um, Actually that winter was, or that fall was when Shalane got really injured before um the marathon olympic trials so she was in the pool remember i don't know if well yeah yeah yeah. people remember that but she was super injured before the olympic trials for the marathon in 2016 she like barely had enough time to train before the trials because the trials are in february for the marathon and she got injured that like that summer fall Anyway, so she was in the pool. She's a really good swimmer. And I saw Shalane swimming and I was like, dang, she looks so good. I like wish I could swim. And so I just kind of like taught myself slash like Shalane gave me some tips slash the lifeguards at Nike would give me tips on what I was doing wrong. And I just kind of like picked up swimming and I really liked it. I was really enjoying it. I was enjoying like learning a new skill and like doing something like challenging myself in a new way Um, just because I don't think I had learned anything really new in a while if you think about like running and you know you're just doing the same thing all the time you don't really get the opportunity to learn a new sport or a new skill very often so I was really enjoying that and um, even when I got healthy I just kept swimming as a part of my normal like weekly routine of training Um, like I said before in addition to running because I couldn't run as much so the cross training became really important in order to get some more aerobic benefit, like just get my heart pumping and breathe hard. And in addition to like the, the running miles I was doing. 
Um, so yeah, now I'm, now I'm a mermaid. I call it mermaiding cause it sounds fun. Like it's, it's like, sounds like, I don't know, playful and fun instead of being like, Oh, I'm going to go for, you know, a 30 minute swim. I'm like, I'm going to go be a mermaid for a little while. Like see you later. And it <laughs> like sounds fun and like playful. So yeah, I have to give her, her credit. Um, Leah Rosenfeld, um, lives in Flagstaff. And she said something about mermaiding one time, like she was going to go be a mermaid in the pool. And I was like, oh, I love that. So I totally stole that from her. And I, that's what I say all the time now when I go to the pool, I'm going to go, going to go be a mermaid. But I love it. Yeah. So I get a lot of questions of people like asking how to start swimming because I mean, now that I'm doing triathlon training, like people are asking me a bunch of questions about swimming and biking. Biking, I don't really know a lot of the answers <laughs> because I'm, I'm still pretty new to it, but, and swimming, honestly, like, I feel like I don't really have a lot of the answers for beginner swimmers either because yeah. I have a background in swimming. Like yeah, my parents threw me in the pool when I was like four. So I don't yeah. really remember how to start swimming. So for you, like when you started swimming, could you like, how good were you when you first started? And <laughs> how how do people, like, start swimming, I guess? I think the question, more appropriate question, would be how bad was I when I started swimming? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is I was so bad. <laughs> I mean, I was horrible. I didn't know for, like, three months that you should bend your elbow when you're, like, bringing your arm up and over and around that you should be- Okay. You're just slapping the water. <laughs> Whipping the arms around. <laughs> when I think about it now, it cracks me up because I'm like, what the hell was I doing? I was just like flailing around. In there. <laughs> no one told me that tip for a long time. And then someone was like, you need to, you know, bend your elbow and touch your hand to your armpit almost and then bring it through. And I was like, oh, and I started doing that. And it was like game instantly game changer. Um, I still cannot flip turn. Still can't. Still can't do it. I You'll get there one day for nope, sure. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> You've given up. I've given up. I get water in my nose every time. And I've gotten so good at, at like the touch and go that I'm like, I don't even need it anymore. I'm so freaking efficient at like touching the wall and like just turning myself. Um, yeah. I don't even need it anymore. It reminds me of... So in the steeplechase, you're supposed to run up to the water pit, you step one foot on top, like on the barrier, and then you kind of just leap over and then you place, you're supposed to step one foot in the edge of the water pit, you land on one foot, and then your next foot is like on dry track again. That's like kind of your ideal scenario. Yeah. Um, But a lot of people when they're learning, um, or if if they just didn't learn it properly, they step on top with one foot and then they land with both feet double planted in the water because it's just like this kind of terrifying experience to like <laughs> leap over and land with one foot. And so if you're kind of hesitant about it, that's what you end up doing is like you just like double, double plant. And I had a teammate in college who just could not, like could not for the life of her, unlearn the habit of like double foot planting in the water pit but she just got like she got so good at doing that because she she just couldn't get herself to not do it that she actually was super efficient (laughs) at doing it and she would like leap over double plant and like bounce out of the water pit and run it was hilarious it was like she actually got good at double 
foot water pitting. I can't even. I can't even imagine that in my brain. Yeah. Like I feel like all your momentum just stops if you double. She just double plant. Do do it and a double foot and then boop and then bop right out. <laughs> You know what? Whatever works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So. So that's exactly. That's how I feel about my swim uh, turnaround. I'm just like, you know what? It, it works for me. It's not the proper way to do it, but I just, it works for me. I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever works, man. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think I usually tell people when they're learning, um, ask the lifeguards, like if they're, if they are swimming at a pool, just be like, hey, you know, go swim go to the lane uh, right by the lifeguard and just be like, hey, can you watch me? I'm like trying to, you know, improve my stroke. Can you just like watch me do a couple of laps and then just like give me, like tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like tell me one or two things to work on. And honestly, usually the lifeguards are so bored up there that they'd be happy, <laughs> you know, they'd be happy for a little project um, to help you out. And they all know how to swim, you know, really well. So they can give you little pointers and then you can go work on that. Like just, try and fix like one thing at a time like my arm bending situation like I just okay now I'm gonna bend my arm as I come through I'm gonna try and do that for a while and then all of a sudden that was like second nature and so then you could you know then you can focus on something else um but yeah I think asking the lifeguards or having a friend who can go swimming with you and and watch you who knows what they're doing to tell you what you're doing wrong um, cause you're never going to get it by like watching videos on YouTube. Like someone has to tell you specifically what you're doing wrong in order to. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing is like, I feel like you can't really get advice through like no. messages. Like you yeah. can only say so much, like you actually have to go out and do it. Like you have to right. be in the water and have someone showing you or telling you what to do to really like help. Right. <laughs> help the form and because it's a lot of form based especially if you're just starting form is so important when you're so yeah even more so I think than running yeah I think so too just because like you need a lot of people like sink in the water like you just need to figure out how to like stay stay buoyant and like you said like the arm strokes I don't know there's just a lot that goes into it yeah it's definitely like possible to learn obviously Colleen is a perfect example I think it just (laughs) takes a lot of like time to go do it and just also consistency because I feel like, I mean, you can probably say you've got better over the years just from going and just a lot of doing it all the time. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't start even learning until I was like, I don't know, I was 22, I guess. or Yeah, I guess 22 or 23. So, I mean, that's pretty late start. Um, And if anyone's listening and they're younger than that, you got an edge on me already. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people, there are a lot of people young listening to this and, um, I'm sure a lot of people ask you swim questions too. So the best thing yeah. is to go and do it and <laughs> it'll get better over time. And ask the lifeguards or your friends for tips. Yeah. I would say I'm very glad that I started earlier in my life because I didn't even have to think twice about it. I'm glad my parents threw me in the water at yeah. so so young yeah. and had me doing those crazy swim practices. But I'm definitely going to make my kids do that one day for sure. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I will too. This is your uh, triathlon, by the way, Emma. When is it? Yeah. So I don't really, I mean, I was actually going to race last weekend. I forgot if I told you that, but it was really last minute, but then the fires happened. So then it got canceled. Um, So now I don't have a race on the schedule right now, just because like, who knows when something is going to happen. Yeah. And I'm like, not in the, and I'm not in amazing shape right now. Like I'm honestly not confident enough to race really. Like last week's race was just kind of, it was like so last minute and it was just going to be kind of like a rust buster, I guess, but I would say, like, spring is probably when the race will happen, but it's going to be, like, 
a sprint distance or an Olympic distance, which is yeah. like either one or two hours ish yeah. of racing. But yeah, yeah we'll see. So <laughs> it's really hard to make plans right now. I feel like we make plans in 2020 just laughs at us. Yeah, actually, though, <laughs> how have you handled this year? Because I'm sure you went like yeah. your February self was thinking a lot differently than oh your August and September self. It's so crazy to look back at February because in February, my team and I did USA indoor um, indoor championships. Um, and then there was supposed to be a world indoor world but it was supposed to be in Nanjing China so that got canceled really quick um and then we went to Boston after indoors um and we were trying to break the indoor 3000 meter American record and it was me and Carissa and Shelby and um we did it all three of us broke the record ran like I ran like 828 I think and then I think Shelby was 826 and Chris ran 824 um I think those are the right times you can fact check me but um yeah that happened in February of this year which feels like four years ago but <laughs> it was like the Olympics <laughs> I was like wait when was that what year was that that was earlier this year but I'm so glad looking back that we got that indoor season in before shit at the fan because then it felt like you know the year wasn't a total bust like we got something really great out of the year um and then yeah and then everything kind of just spiraled out of control from there <laughs> but we started hearing about like oh Stanford's canceled that was like the first big one that was like everyone was going to run the 10k at Stanford and like uh Courtney and I were actually going to pace the girls who were running the 10k at Stanford and then that got canceled and it was like whoa like you know all of a sudden the the pro track world is being affected by this like what is this what does this mean and how far is this gonna go and then pretty soon after that it was like mm, yeah looks like they're probably gonna cancel the Olympics um and then they did and my team actually went out uh we still decided to go do our altitude training camp in park city utah in um in like june and july we usually are there before the u.s championships or olympic trials and so we just were like well we have to like do this like quarantine thing in portland well we might as well do it in park city at eight thousand feet of altitude and get some extra fitness out of it you know like whatever make lemonade and so we just did that anyway even though we we knew that there probably wasn't going to be any races afterwards, but we were just trying to like keep our schedule the same as possible. Um, which I think really helped actually. Uh, I think we were in Portland that whole time, you know, running alone and everything and doing workouts in small groups of like two or three, I think it would have been way harder to stay focused and just like, you know, keep on your routine because the routine was very important for me, like doing my normal everyday stuff, like wake up, have breakfast, do the run at 9am, go to the gym after, um, or, you know, do home gym stuff after whatever. And then, you know, have lunch, have some recovery time, do a second run or a swim in the afternoon, have, you know, make dinner, go to bed by 10, get up at six, do it again. That was really important to continue doing or else I think it would have been just very hard to stay focused and stay positive. So anyway, we, we did that in park city and then we had a few races in this, uh, 
back in Portland this summer, just intra-squad races. We just raced each other and our team. Um, and then we just decided to take our normal rest time. So right now we're doing like our normal fall, um, like off season stuff, just like we would at any, you know, any normal year. Um, and so I think the big takeaway is like trying to keep everything that we can keep the same. We just, you know, do it the same as we normally would as much as possible. Um, even if we're, you know, we're training for like, we don't even know, what we didn't know in July and August, what we were training for, you know, we just had to like hope for the best. Um, yeah. And then we got some pretty, you know, we got some pretty good races out of it. We ended up setting a world record in the four by 1500. So no big deal. <laughs> yeah, you guys put on some like amazing performances there for only yeah. doing it against you guys' own team. That right. was like I mean, so impressive. Carissa and Shelby freaking crushed the American record in the 5k, which was just like a thing of beauty. I paced for five laps um and then they just crushed after that it was it was amazing to watch um and then we ended we did some four by fours some mixed gender four by fours which were <laughs> super fun um and then we ended with an 800 uh the last meet and we did a 1500 in there too a couple of 1500s in there too um and i ran a 5k i haven't run a 5k since junior year of college when I How was that? It, I ran it in college the day after running the steeplechase at ACC's. So it was like, came back the next day just to do it for points. And I ran 1557. And then this summer I ran 1510. Um, Quite a big improvement. Like seven years later or something. or It must have been more than that. We're like nine years later. Uh, no, not that long. <laughs> that was how long it had been since I ran the 800. But it has been like, yeah, like five years since I ran the 1500 and like, yeah, like nine years since I ran an 800. Uh, I ran like two, 214, I think, in high school in the 800. <laughs> and I ran like 202 high, like 2029 or something this summer. That's quite a big day. Quite a big day. I think yeah. it was time for a PR in that event. Totally. I mean, we went through in the 1500, we went through like 208 and in, in going through the 800 and a 1500 so I knew yeah. that I could run faster <laughs> than that but it was yeah so we I mean we made the most of it for sure um how was um the 5k now we're did you love it the 5k was horrible I remember <laughs> why I hate the 5k I got done and I was like Jager was making fun of me because I went over to Shalane I was like that was so hard and Jager was like oh it was so hard like oh it was hard wasn't it was it hard and I was like shut up it was really hard <laughs> he was making fun of me because I was like whining afterwards about how hard it was <laughs> Well, I mean, if you haven't run it in years, I feel like it would just be a shock to the system. That event is tough. It's such a different feeling. I got through 2K feeling good. I was like, okay, I'm feeling smooth. And then, like, between something happened between 2K and 3K, which only a K, it's two and a half laps, something happened between 2K and 3K where I all of a sudden went from, like, okay, like, I'm good to being, like, oh, no, this is all bad. Like, this is not good. And then I still, I still had 2K to, oh. to suffer. It was horrible. Once I got dropped, um, I got dropped super, super bad. Courtney and Elise had a great day. Um, and they just started pushing the last K. And once I, they dropped me at like 4K, then it was toast. And then I was just like trying not to like go backwards after that. <laughs> 
So, I mean, you've had a wide, you've had a wide range of events now in your system. What do you think is the hardest event in track and field? Oh, God, such a good question. Um, I don't know. They're just all so hard for different reasons. Like the 5K, you just have to suffer for so long. Um, and I actually didn't get to race a steeplechase this summer, but the steeple is so tricky because when you get tired, like when you get fatigued, it's not only like, okay, like stay focused, stay in it, but like you really have to be mentally in it because you have these hurdles. And if you are kind of lazy or like sloppy and you hit a hurdle, you know, it's game over for you. Like <laughs> it slides out. And yeah. So, the technique needs to be there. Yeah. They're just have, you have to stay so like mentally tuned in in a steeplechase you can never ever tune out and like try and go somewhere else in your mind because you'll trip and so that has always been like a challenge for me to be like you can't zone out ever um in the 5k I feel like people tell you to zone out until like 4k and then you try and you know try and like go fast from there but um I could not zone out in the 5k I was like hyper focused on my pain the whole time um and then the <laughs> that's a long time to be focused on the pain it was a long time um the 800 was crazy just because it feels like like we got off the line shelby got off the line so fast <laughs> she ran like a 28 first 200 it was ridiculous um we ran like i think a 60 first quarter i was behind elise and carissa and then, out, so I was in third. I kind of got boxed in. The mistake that we made was between 400 and 600, we slowed down too much. Like, I think that's a classic 800 mistake where yeah. you're, you're, like, you feel like you're so far from the finish, um, but you're so, like, tired that you just, like, you're, like, I just want to back off. But we, ba- I think we just backed off too much there. Um, and then once you get to, like, the last 100, it's just a matter of, like, staying on your feet. Like, you're, there's not, like, you're not getting faster. You're just trying to, like, not die, you know? You're trying to make it to the finish line yeah. without collapsing. No, like, kick there. It's, it's no. just trying to not slow down too much. That's really Yeah, if you run the 800 correctly, like, there really isn't a kick. It's no. kind of, like, maybe you no. lift a little bit if you're feeling good, but it's, like, you're really just dying at the end. It's amazing to me because when you run the 1500, every, every – like everyone, all the fastest times in the 1500 have been run with a negative split. You end up running faster the second 800. But in the 800, it's the opposite. You yeah, it's always a positive faster. split. Always a positive split. And that blows my mind. I'm like, what in the, like, that is so, like, why is that the proper way to run an 800? <laughs> Whereas the, you know, the proper way to run a 1500 is the opposite. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, I experienced it and I think it's true. I think that's what you have to do. Yeah, it's, I mean, the 800 is, it's an extremely painful way to run an 800. Oof. Like, going out super hard than just dying. Yeah. Afterwards, I just, like, was grabbing onto my, like, glutes and hamstrings. I was just, like, like, my whole backside of my body, when I got done, just went, like, like, just grabbed so bad. Like, you can't see me, but I'm, like, making a fist with my finger. <laughs> like, my muscles just went clench and when I got done and I like grabbed my butt and hamstrings I was like oh my god (laughs) the legs they win lactic horrible there's this hilarious photo I'll just send it to you maybe you can like put in the show notes or something of all of us laid out on the track after the 800 just like carnage (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I'll put it on the um Instagram when I when I shout out this episode that would be great I'll send it to you it's so funny it's like yeah that's what the 800 will do (laughs) yeah 
And Shelby, uh, I think Shelby died the most that day. She went out way too fast. And, like, she was nervous that we were going to hunt her down. Like, she was, like, almost, like, looking behind her, like, oh, fuck, they're coming for me. Like, they're going <laughs> to get me. Because she went out in, like, a, I want to say she went out in, like, a 57 or something. Oh, my goodness. I can't. She had to defend her Shelby 800 oh my title. Gosh. And then she ended up running, like, too flat, I think. She didn't break. She didn't break two. She was trying to break two. I think that's what happened. And then yeah. she just got a little, a little excited. Um, Man, that's such a horrible feeling when you like know that you're slowing down, like yeah, the last hundred, and you just know coming. people are coming to get you. Yeah. <laughs> and you just can't speed up. It's like you're going max speed, yeah, and you're helpless. like, you could just tell that you're slowing down. Totally helpless. Yeah, so she definitely, I think, experienced that. I thought I was like coming to the 200 being like, I was boxed in and I, I felt like I was being held back. And so I got about 200 out. I got out of the box and I was like, okay, here we go. Like turn on the turbo jets. And then I got to the hundred and I just, all of a sudden I was like, oh no. Like I went from being like, I got this to being like completely rigged up. It was crazy. It was like, and that, yeah, you're right. It's like, there's just nothing you can do when you're like rigging like that. You're just like, well, I'm just trying my best here, but this is, I've been out of body experience. So like, it really is an out of body experience Yeah, and it's very different than the 1500. I don't even know how to describe it, to be honest. Just everyone needs to go run an all out 800 for themselves to see. You have to see. When was the last time you ran an eight? I only, I ran one in college, in college and it was the day after I ran, like it was at Azusa or no, I ran the, an Azusa meet the night before. Yep. Yep. Um, I ran a 1500 and then the next morning I ran the 800 at like Long Beach state or something. Yep. And I, I ran it so incorrectly. Like I, I've never really been an 800 runner, but sure. gosh, I don't even remember when we went out in, but like, I just remember kind of like not feeling that bad down the home stretch. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I was like, oh, I did this incorrect because like everyone was dying around me and I like still had energy. And I was like, oh, this, I did this so wrong. And I finished yeah. and I was like, my legs were completely lactic, but I wasn't tired at all. Like it was just such a weird experience. I ran like 210. So, it, I mean, it wasn't like bad right. for me, but it was like, I just knew that I did did not do it right. Dang it. I, I should have gone out harder. But it's Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, but it's like, I didn't want to die. I don't know. I have a fear of like dying like that. So Exactly. The opposite thing is going to happen. And, you know, and you're, you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Now I'm dying because I went out too hard. So what do you got? I know. I think you just, you need, it's like a, a skill. You need to run it more. I mean, that's like any event. You just need yeah. to run it more to like kind of get the pacing down. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Raven, uh, Raven Roger just moved to Portland recently. Yeah, I saw that. So maybe, you know, maybe we can pick her brain about it and, and really <laughs> get <laughs> at the right. I another shot to do it. I feel like it is something that when I got done, I was like, oh, I could have done that better. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll get another chance to do it in 2021. You never know. Yeah. Against Raven, the, like one of the best people <laughs> oh, in the God, world. Literally so. one of the most impressive like runners I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, world medalist. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Please. I will never line up with her. I hope not. She's the, she will destroy me. No, I just need her to like give me advice and then she can, you know, just watch me maybe. And then I'll, I'll do it against people who are at my level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll have to have her on the podcast. She can tell us yes. about how hard like cross country or something is oh from the God. other side. Definitely so. have her on. Yeah, that would be fun. Love Raven. <laughs> 
Okay, so, wow, this episode went by so fast. I can't believe we're already at, like, 45 minutes. But uh, I wanted to answer some listener questions, so we can just go through these, like, oh, super sure. quick. But um, Okay, the first one. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, Lord. <laughs> a really lighthearted question for you. Yeah, just a softball there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, I've th- definitely thought about um, 2024, what about maybe switching events, doing the 10K or something, 2028 even, stretching to 2028. Um, but then after that, like after I get done running, I definitely want to have a little, a couple little kiddos, um, some little mini Colleen's. And then, um, you know, as far as like career, I've thought about a few things. I've, I studied dietetics in school, so definitely have a passion for food and nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I could see myself kind of going down that path in, in some way, shape or form, not necessarily as a dietitian, but, um, just like staying connected to nutrition. I've also more recently thought about like, um, sports broadcasting or, you know, there, there needs to be more females, more women's voices in sports and, you know, on TV and stuff. Um, it's just really male dominated right now. So that could be cool. Um, Plus, you know, I like talking, so that would be, <laughs> that could be something <laughs> up your alley, up my alley. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I think there will definitely be some different opportunities. It'll be a matter of like, what can I do that I could stay connected to sport? Cause I definitely still want to stay connected to sport, not in like coaching, which is like kind of more the traditional way. I don't see myself going that route. Um, but maybe in the nutrition side or, you know, sports broadcasting side. For sure. Someone someone has kind of bouncing off of that. Have you always had abs? How <laughs> <laughs> was that? So, just, that. <laughs> well, like nutrition? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to tie it in. Nice I mean, how else do you ask that question? Nice try. Really smooth. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at this. So. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. Um, I have not always have, have I had abs always. I don't think so. Um, I... I think in college we started focusing more on like core strength and stuff um I also talk a lot about like yeah you could have like the strongest abs but if you also like have like you know kind of a like beer gut like they're never gonna show and it doesn't really yeah. it's not that it really matters like you still have a strong core which is what really matters but some people you know just have a normal life where they're not trying to um go to the olympics and so they like you know eat desserts and have beer and wine and you know it's like well then you might not have a six pack but as long as you have a strong core that can support you and help you have good posture and and power and everything like d- i just don't see why it really matters you know like, <laughs> you don't really need it so there's that balance between like just wanting it for the kind of um just like the aesthetic or just being like actually having a strong core and being able to use your core for your running and for posture and stuff. So just definitely what you're focused on. (laughs) For sure. People are interested in core. I have lots of ab workouts on my Instagram and on my website. So if you want to know what core I do, I have shared some fun ab workouts that are great for, for core body. That sounds great. I don't have any core workouts <laughs> recommendations because I am really bad at doing core. So go check out Colleen's stuff. <laughs> if you could go back in time, what would you tell your high school self? Oh, 
Um, I think in high school I stressed out a lot about just like, like I remember, and this actually has happened to me a couple times as a pro, but like in key workouts, I would get myself so stressed out about like hitting splits or if I thought it wasn't going to, you know, hit the goal time or whatever, I would really get like super stressed out and not be able to even breathe well. Like I was like hyperventilating um, because I was, you know, so worried about my performance in this workout and how that was going to, you know, correlate to performance in a race and my fitness and my like self-worth and, you know, it it, like spirals. Um, And, you know, that has happened a little bit now, but I have worked so much in the past like year and a half on um, the mental aspect of my training. And I've started seeing a, a mental coach um, and doing meditation and just actually working, doing the work and digging in to my mind and, and figuring out how those, you know, mental things could be holding my physical body back from what I'm capable of. And I just never gave that enough like credence in high school. I always just thought if you had a bad workout it was because like something was physically wrong with you. And now I just realize there's so many times when there's, it becomes a physical problem, but it's really a mental problem that is, you know, causing you to not be able to breathe well, causing you to feel heavy, causing you to feel tired. Um, but if you come at it with the right mindset and a positive attitude, like you can, even if you are physically having a bad day, you can get so much more out of it than you would have if you went into it with, you know, just like a crap attitude and negative mindset. So I've been definitely working a lot on that um, the last couple years or year and a half at least. Um, and I think if I was talking to my high school self, I would say like, no, like mental health is a real thing and mindset is a real thing. Like you should think about it more and give it some more of your effort and time, um, because it could really help you, um, on race day. It's crazy how the mental side of running is like, it's so incredibly important. And I feel like, especially for me in high school too, like, I didn't really even think about it. No. I don't know. It, it kind of came about in college, I think, like more so the men- mental side of things. Like, yes, I like mentally prepared for races in high school, but it just, I don't think people pay enough attention to it, how important it is and like how much you can actually get out of yourself. Like you said, like if you're feeling bad one day, yeah, how much like having a good mindset, how much you can actually get out of that day, even if it, you're not feeling the best physically. Like you said it perfectly. It, you, yeah. Yeah, you can just tap into a lot more with a positive mindset. So what would you say, like, would help people? Like, do you think meditation, like, Mm. younger people in high school, like, what would you say is the biggest thing that could help them? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a few ways you could kind of go about it. I think, you know, the most intense or, like, aggressive way would be a mental coach. I, I think the, like, title for that type of role is different just depending on, like, I see, the guy I see is in, um, he's doc, his name is Dr. Mondo, the Dr. Mondo on Instagram, and he's in uh, Sacramento, and so we just, we usually just Zoom. I've met him in person once, but we usually just Zoom because I'm traveling and we don't live in the same place. Um, so, you know, we, he, I call him my mental coach, but I think, you know, you could, you could call them a sports psych, or there's, like, all these different titles, but um, I think that would be, like, the kind of the biggest way or like the most um 
aggressive way to, to tackle to tackle it. Um, but there's also little things that, that you can do, like meditation. That's how I kind of got started with this whole journey was I decided to listen to my mom, who had for years been telling me um, that meditation is awesome. And I finally decided to listen to her because mom's always right. And <laughs> I decided to start meditating. So I used um, an app called Headspace and it's guided meditations. Um, that help you like figure out what the heck to do when you sit down and, you know, you're expected to sit there for 10 minutes in silence or whatever. You're like, well, what the heck do I do? Um, so I think that really helps to like have someone guide you through it to get started at least. And then you might, you know, get to the point where you don't need that anymore. But, um, that's how I kind of got started and it opened my mind to, um, the possibilities there. And it helped me a lot. Just meditating helped me a lot. And I was like calling it my secret weapon in the winter of 2019. And then, um, last summer I finally, uh, decided to level up and actually talk to someone and, and do kind of more digging and do more work. And that's how I got connected with Dr. Mondo. Um, and he actually does something, it's kind of a tangent, but he actually does something called brain spotting, which is this whole other thing that you can Google. Um, but it's like a kind of intense way to go back and clear trauma out of your brain. Um, and so we've done that together and just, yeah, there's like all these levels to it basically. Um, but you can just kind of start wherever you're comfortable and then just be curious and, you know, be, uh, interested and curious and learning more about yourself and, um, the ideas that you're healing. Um, Dr. Mondo uses the, this kind of language, but you're healing, uh, but you're also expanding. So there's these two you know, two parts of it where you're healing past trauma or past issues or things that have happened to you in the past, whether that's like an injury or whatever. And then you're expanding your brain to um, accept and understand and, um, you know, be ready for bigger and better and more and the new possibilities. Um, So it's healing, but it's also expansion. It's just crazy how much you can tap into that. Like you just never think about on a day-to-day basis. So yeah. Yeah. Those are great places to start. um, If you, if you want to tap into that. I think it's cool that mental health has become such a hot topic now and things it's something that, you know, even major football and basketball and baseball players are talking about now and being open about their struggles with mental health. And so we just need more people to, you know, be open about it and talk about it so that um, there's no sh- like shame or embarrassment around it. And it can just be like, yep, yeah, like this is a normal part of training, just like an injury or just like learning how to hurdle, um, you know, learning how to water pit or something. You know, it's it's a skill. It's something that you practice. It's something that you work on just the way, same way that you go to practice and work on your body every day you know, you should be doing some practice and working on your brain and in your mindset every day. For sure. You said it perfectly. Literally, <laughs> it's just as important as the physical, if not more. Because if you yeah. if you have the physical and you don't have the mental side together, like... It's worthless. Which yeah. is really to me. I hate seeing when people are so talented and so incredibly fit and capable, but then um, you know, it's happened to me too. And then you don't come at it with the right mindset or you, you let your, your negativity or just your issues get in the way. And it's such a shame that you never get to see what you could have done when you block yourself from that success, from unlocking that potential. It's like, Oh, I wish I could have known 
you know, what was possible if I had just let myself do it. For sure. So. All right. I don't want to keep you for too much longer. This, <laughs> this podcast is, it's honestly been, <laughs> I know it's been so like free flowing. Um, I feel like I'm going to have to have you on again because we didn't even get to like half the questions <laughs> just because we, we were talking for too long, but. Happy um, re- a returning guest. You just, you know, let me know whenever you don't have anyone to talk to and I'll just chat your ear off for an hour. <laughs> sounds good super easy um so where because i people probably already follow you honestly but where if they're not already where should they follow you follow your running journey your life um and your successes where Um, where's that at mostly a grammar mostly on the gram at steeple squigs um i do send out the occasional tweet tweet but um, mostly, mostly Instagram. And then I have a website, um, it's callingquigley.org cause she's an organization and, um, I have like, I don't know, a newsletter on there. You can subscribe to for free. I send out a newsletter about once a month with like updates and workouts and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, Instagram website, you know, Twitter, if you're, if you're into that type of thing. <laughs> if you're into the, <laughs> into the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was really fun. Thank you. Uh, and I've loved following your journey too. I think it's so awesome that you going back to what we talked about at the very beginning with the ups and the downs and just being real and being honest and open with people. You do such a great job of that, showing people what your life is actually like and, you know, the good days and bad, but also like being positive about things and um, giving people like a good insight into what you do, but also just being a light and being, you know, excited about an opportunity to challenge yourself or like, I got another flat tire. Like, (laughs) I'm sure people are tired of that now, (laughs) which I just kept dying laughing. I was like, Oh no, not again. But like, yeah, yeah. I was laughing after I was crying. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But you'll, you know, you show the whole thing and you have such a good attitude about, about life and and your challenges. So I appreciate that. And um, keep doing what you do. Oh my gosh, thank you. Wow, you're gassing me up on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm honored. (laughs) Um, To close out the pod, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Yeah, yeah. Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. It was super random. Honestly, it's kind of all over the place, but hope you guys got something out of it. Big shout out to Janine C for supporting the podcast. I give one of my supporters a shout out in each episode. So if you guys want to support the podcast with a monthly donation, it's through the Anchor platform. The link is in the show notes. Another free way to support the podcast is by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. That helps me out so much. It really organically grows the podcast. And I love to just hear you guys' feedback. So make sure to go do that if you are enjoying the episodes. Follow Convos Over Cold Brew on Instagram to be up to date with the latest episodes or sometimes I ask listener questions on there. So if you guys want to add some input into the episodes, go follow at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas.